another special episode of Are Your Parents Proud of You? I am your, uh, now one of your hosts, Matthew Schufreiter, and to this week, no Griffin McCorgle. And before you ask, did you kill him? My answer, stay tuned. Anyway, so we have been searching high and wide, over the mountains, over the jungles, over the fields, across the yellow brick road, as you might say, to find a new co-host. And by God, today we finally found one. Uh, they are a actor, a singer, a performer. How about just an artist in general? And we're actually in the room together for the very first time because this is the first time we ever met in person, I believe. Right? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take that as a soft maybe. Uh, please say hello to my friend and now our new co-host, LJ Berlin. Did I say that last name right? Bullen. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is why we don't rehearse. And we're off to a great start. Hello, my friend. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much, and welcome aboard. It's so nice to be vaccinated with you. It's so nice to be vaccinated. We didn't get vaccinated together. Let's point that out. We got vaccinated separate times, second, uh, separate areas. But we are both vaccinated, and we are together. Yes, yeah, so we are in the same room, uh, unmasked, because we're vaccinated. We had that uh, two-week waiting period after to make sure we were A-OK, and uh, here we are, A-OK, and in the same room. So. We got them Fauci ouchies, and we are we got ready to podcast. Did you get Father Pfizer or Mama Moderna? I got Father Pfizer. Okay, now, I normally I am against all things in the patriarchy, but um, I will make an exception because apparently they had way less side effects. <laughs> well, I got Mama Moderna, and that was a time. That's it all was, I can say. It was a time. <laughs> it was, a, it was a time. It was a time. Clearly, I don't remember what happened. No, just a sore arm and... And a couple naps. It's just there. a side effect in the microchips. Don't worry and about that, it. And I'd rather know that I'm in pain or having side effects and be like, oh, look, it's working. I My worst side effect was I got a single swollen lymph node. Not my entire lymph system, but just one. Right underneath my clavicle. Is that normal? I mean, it, it's not unnormal. Like, okay. it's not like, ooh, that's weird. Like, uh, lymph like systems and that's how it all connects to your uh, antibodies and the way that it works and blah, blah, blah. Well, so, we're not a science podcast. There you and this, go. Is, this is us just making, well, not making it up. We're just going with the doctors tells us. Yeah, but I, yeah, I did some research, but apparently it's like normal, but it lasted like three days. Ooh. And it was just like a little like grape underneath the, <laughs> underneath the skin. It's just ah, like, is that you, just... ow. Oh, God, it's still there. Oh, that was a natural reaction, folks. Uh, again, we don't rehearse this. Oh, no, I'm just a really good actor. That was that was me uh, playing me. That degree's paying off. You know, I'm, <laughs> I just, I got it. I should walk around with a sign on my head that says actor, just in case. Yeah, it's called a SAG card to, right there, my friend. Know. Oh, I should talk to them about that. How do I, how do I get one of those again? Uh, I have, <laughs> you know, you picked a great time to ask you that. Sell, sell my soul and, and, and work at a, <laughs> what? Yeah, what can Something I do? Something like that, right? Yeah, hashtag vocal bloggers. Yeah, I gotta sell my soul to Chevy Chase, and then I have to do at least three movies with Sasha Baron Cohen, and then I get it, right? Sasha and uh, Chevy, you listening? This is all your fault that you that actually. Oh, I had an idea for a Sasha Baron Cohen movie okay. where he plays um, uh, a drag queen from okay. like Argentina. Because <laughs> why not? And and they're doing some sort of reality show where like they have to like rehabilitate a felon and that's the that's the reality show is they have these these famous people and then they pair them with these felons and they have to like do these tasks together. Almost like the great like the great 
race. The Amazing Race? The Amazing Race. That's the one. <laughs> it's a good positive turn. <laughs> the Good Race. <laughs> oh, that sounds... Wait a minute. That sounds so bad. You said it. Not me. Ha! Um, but yeah, anyways. anyways uh, I, and I would play the felon, but I would actually be... Um, or a woman, but I got accidentally put in a male prison because I present in a certain way, and so they end up. Anyways, they end up falling in love with each other. And I think he would do it though. That I know. I, he'll do anything. At I this think point. he would be a really great drag queen too. I think he. Would, I think he would. I think too. he would like beat his fucking face and look great. I didn't see Bruno, but I had a feeling that was like the closest to it. I mean, you did miss a dick flying around in a circle and then standing straight up and looking at the camera and speaking to you and saying, Bruno. That's a C? Yep. The hell, Sasha. And uh, also, I'd like you all to know that Matthew Schufrieder's face right now is just priceless. I don't know what to say. We went from vaccinated in the same room we're talking, then to uh, talking about a talking penis. Clearly, we have aged so well on this show, folks. Podcasting in the time of corona. Right. I, when I got my vaccine, the next day was my final teaching day. I was um, teaching this pre-K class, and for their final day, they were going to do a show for their parents. And I was like, well, crap, I don't know how I'm going to feel. Yeah, and like I said, I felt fine, but except for the sore arm. Mm-hmm. But these kids are three and four. They don't know the dance moves yet. So who are they going to watch? Mr. Matt in the background. So we're singing and dancing to Wiggles songs, because of course. So you just see Mr. Matt like struggling in the background, like, everybody clap. Clap, damn it, clap. Ow, ow. Uh, That's how bad my arm was. But the kids got a kick out of it. They were like, oh boy. Yeah, luckily they did not reenact the pain I was going through during that time. But anyway, that's enough about us. So let's talk about how we met. I feel we've known each other for almost a year now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And a year in Corona times is like I don't know, like eight lifetimes, right? Yeah, it's somewhere between like a hundred and fifty and four hundred years, right? My friend, you have to remember, I went to art school, so any numbers. You oh, I'm sorry, math. Yeah. We've talked about anytime. This. If, you're, if any numbers, if you're going to give to me, I'm just going to guess and to you, and just be like, "All right, great, that I'm, sounds right." I'm eventually just going to start throwing out random numbers. You're going to ask. You're going to ask those questions, the like fast questions. I'm going to make you do math. One, two, six times eight, forty-eight. <laughs> that was that was a thing when I was up in the, uh, the island a couple years ago. When I was a couple years ago when I was ten. My uncle would say math. So was, yeah, a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> six times, he, the math question was six times eight. Every time I got around, he would slap me in the face. Uh, now, fun fact, six times eight is 48. Uh, got it right. Uh, he actually never did slap me in the face, but that was his joke and threat. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wait, well, hey, what happens in Canada stays in Canada. Okay? I was that, sitting here on the couch in shock and horror. But yeah, anyway, so we met through Kevin Pollack, who was a guest on the show, uh, who was obviously the host and uh, creator and a bunch of other stuff uh, for receiving the movies. And do you remember our first screening together? Because I do. Oh, I don't know if I do. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the game asking the hard-hitting questions. Oh. Uh, broadcast news. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, we could also swear on the show, too. <laughs> I mean, if you couldn't, then you would have hired somebody else. That's very, very true. We did broadcast news. Oh man, I had never seen that movie. You did? I still um, I don't care to, but I was just like, sure, yeah, why not? I'm not doing anything. Everything shut down. I'll be a part of this reading I've never heard of. But I, I believe that 
the person who was hosting and or casting the reading had also never seen the movie. I think that's when they didn't edit the scripts yet. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was so, so... Because I think that was about three hours long and we had to take like a break in between. Well, but it wasn't that many pages. Well, the actor was so good they took their time too. Yeah. Because the leads weren't like... Chicago actors. No, no, no. They were like real people, but it was like, just, I don't know. It was a movie from the 80s. Right. It was like Dan Lowey from The Wonder Years was it's, in it. I felt like that movie was like Aaron Sorkin's newsroom before that happened, but not yeah, quite uh -huh. at the level of... I like Newsroom, fun fact. Um, I love Newsroom. I love everything Aaron Sorkin. I don't care what any haters have to say. I Freaking love it. I can't wait for that first controversy we get, like, as soon as we post this episode. <laughs> New host, Aaron Sorkin lover. Um, so yeah, we met after that, and then after, we just, we done readings here and there, and mm -hmm. sometimes we act together, sometimes we didn't. I don't think we ever acted in the scene yet, though. I think we've been in the same room and had, like, no lines towards each well, other. Well, we are about to change that. Yes, we are. Uh, at the time we're recording this, we're doing a reading of uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, uh, I'm playing Fred Rogers, and you're playing like a... You get to play my wife! Yeah, so... so I uh, Yes, I did cast them as my wife, and I was like, all right, well, that must be fun. Um, and I think you're playing, like, my producer who gets mad at me, so, like... Yeah. Yeah, so you're playing a bunch of parts. So, accurate. Accurate, yeah. You yeah. Get to get, yeah, so you get to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, that will be fun, and... Uh, I've, I've been in a couple of yours of you, you posted. We did... Ooh, ooh, wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with some Mr. Rogers trivia. Go for it. Uh... What is wrong with the name of that film? Which one? The documentary? The Tom Hanks one? The Tom Hanks one. Uh, they don't... Uh, 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 it's because it's spelled... The line is, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. They take out the it's, right? Ooh, tell me. It's a beautiful this. day in this neighborhood. Okay. Is the actual line from the song. It's a, and it's no. one of those things, I forget the name of the phenomenon, but it's where everybody collectively remembers something wrong. Like, as a society, we all right. are like, no, we have this same... It's like in, a, in, in Star Wars. The, yeah. the line is not, Luke, I am your father. It's, no, I am your father. Really? Because Luke says, you killed my father. And he says, no, I am your father. And that's the line, but everybody remembers it collectively. Luke, I am your father. And it's one of these things that we've just done, and it's a crazy like thing that humans do together. That's so fascinating. Are you sure this is right, folks? We're gonna I'm gonna Google this and see if they're right, because um, I don't think you are. But hey, I've been wrong before. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful really? Day. That's the that's the thing. Yep. <laughs> he wants me to be wrong. So I badly. I so want you to be wrong. <laughs> wait, you're right. <laughs> okay, so wait. There they is... even got it wrong in the title. Okay, so here's. I was about to say no because I found the lyrics website and they have a beautiful day in the neighborhood. But I went to mrrogers.org. And they have. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Yep. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Oh, that does make more sense. All right, folks. Well, we just discovered a flaw in myself. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, it's I a it's a collective flaw in humanity because yes. you are not you are not the only one who has fallen victim to this. And I only have corrected it in my head because I love weird 
brain shit. That's fine. Fine. <laughs> what was his? I, what was his? Fine. Let me ask you this time. Uh, how much did he weigh? And I'll tell you why this is important. Oh, I bet he weighed one hundred and thirty-eight pounds. You were actually pretty close. He weighed one hundred and forty-three pounds. Oh, who? Do you want to know why? Why? Because it takes one letter to say I, four letters for to say love, and three letters to say you. Wait a minute! Didn't he like? Didn't he? He like monitored his weight so that it stayed exactly yep. that way, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, I did know this a little bit somewhere in yeah. the back of my head. Yeah, because he saw that and had a little grin on his face. He's like, oh, I see what you're going for. So he always made sure that he stayed 143 pounds. Yep. Just the just the little things in life that Fred did was uh, incredible. Uh, but that's enough about Fred Rogers. Back to us. Is it ever enough about Fred Rogers? No, you can never have too much, Mister Rogers. Um, so yeah, we've been doing readings together, and then, uh, I remember when you asked me to be in your reading of Stranger Than Fiction, I was like, hey, here's, I, I'd like, oh, I love him as an actor, and love him as an artist, and I was like, would love to get to know them more. You were a so, great Dave. I was a great Dave. Um, but I was like, hey, do you want to maybe do a pod, my host, my co-host my podcast? And it was like, probably, like, the most respectful way I've ever been asked to do anything, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was, like, very shy. I was, like, I was like the middle schooler, but, like, do you want to be my friend? It was really so cute. And I was, like, I, I, I need a co-host. Uh, <laughs> you just got so Midwest <laughs> Or I need a co-host, eh? <laughs> eh? You want to be on this podcast? It's uh, lots of fun. I don't know what accents I'm doing anymore. It's, um, does anybody, it's okay. We're right. all just, we're just breathing, man. Yeah. We're, we're still breathing. And that's an accomplishment this year. Right. And then when we had this talk of like, because you, you were like, tell me more. And I was like, let's meet on Zoom. And we did. And uh, I asked you like, because you, no, you told me you were interested in like starting your own podcast or like being on a podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like what about podcasts like fascinate you or why did you want to do one? Um, I... It's funny, I'm a very, very loyal listener to, like, three podcasts. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I I will, every single episode, every single week, but then there's other ones that I'll, like, I'll hop into here and there, but, like, I have a couple, like, hardcore, like, these are the ones I listen to. And the first one I ever got into was uh, the Savage Love Cast, which is Dan Savage, um... And he's a relationship and sex advice columnist and has been for a long time. And then he's had a podcast for a really, really long time now. Um, And that one is fucking phenomenal. I love him. I love his voice. He's just so funny. And, like, it's on topic, but then they also talk about, like, what's going on in the world. And um, there's just something very, um, I don't know, there's something very inviting about podcasts to me. Because it really does, like... It's like you're in the room. It's like you're listening to a conversation. So it's it's not as, um, I don't know, I feel like it's not as aggressive as like a, tea sh- a TV show or something mm-hmm. like that. Or even like a blog. You know, it's it's somewhere in this middle land that's very comfortable and kind of funny. Yeah, it's also vulnerable, I think. When you see like the celebrities on like the talk shows, they're only there for like maybe five, seven minutes. And most of the time they're doing like a game or a sketch. I'm like... Fine, this is funny. Or plugging something, or the, which yeah. I don't mind. Well, most times... I like plugging something. When people come on, they are plugging something. It's helpful, something. But, but the length of the plugging mm, is... And, like, this is... I don't know if this is controversial or not, but, like, I like Howard Stern interviews. Like, say what you will about the man and, like, how he was back then. Like, yeah, I agree, a lot of his stuff was sexist and stupid and juvenile. But 
damn, he's a fantastic interviewer because a lot of his interviews are an hour and a half long, mm -hmm. and he talks about things to celebrities and celebrities reveal themselves. Oh, yeah. Like, Charlize Theron told a story of how this, she got, like, harassed by this producer, and she's never told this story before mm -hmm. at, like, 16. And other times they've had other celebrities, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting that they're able to open themselves up. If you haven't seen the the Harry Styles one, I highly recommend. That's a good one that too. was a really really good one. So yeah, I like interviews like that, and so they're good conversations. Yeah, I don't I don't know enough about him to like speak on character or anything, but from from what I know, it's like yes, the past stuff was like kind of you know <laughs> indicative of the times. Yes, um, but he seems to have grown. You know what I mean? Like he's he's evolving, he's changing. There's a reason why he's still doing that. <laughs> he's very, very talented interviewer. Yeah. He's he's mentioned before he's in psychotherapy right now and he's like admit like, I don't know what I was doing back then. Yeah. Um, it's like and you know, everybody's gotta go on their own journey and mm -hmm. if if the answer to you've done a bad thing is go away forever, then like that's not a very productive conversation to be in. Obviously there are different levels of bad, but right. <laughs> Um, I think as long as you've acknowledged what happened and you're working to fix it in yourself, uh, then more power to you. Yeah. So you listen to Dan Savage and what uh, Dan Savage, I freaking love the girls at My Favorite Murder, mm -hmm. Georgia and Karen. I am obsessed. Uh, I love a good true crime. I just do. Uh, I like the stories. I like... I don't know, if, if anybody's not familiar, it's a true crime comedy podcast, which yeah. does not necessarily sound like it would go together, but they're not making fun of the crimes or the people that it happened to. They're just, they're funny people who happen to be obsessed with true crime. And, right. And so that sort of, I think that's the one that really, like, sparked me of, like, I would really love to do something like this, but, you know, what are what are my interests? What's the thing that I could do? that's different, um, and I was just like, I just freaking love people, and I freaking love art, so mm -hmm. I just want to talk to artists, and right. and travel around the world, and see artists in all different places, and all the things, so this was kind of a natural, um, you know, continuation of that thought, yeah. uh, slightly different format, you know what I mean, but like, same, same idea at right. the core, is just like, art, and artists, and people, and their lives, and I don't know, it's... I'm a storyteller. I'm a, I'm a lyricist. That's my bread and butter. So. Right. Well, speaking of storytelling, uh, I want to hear the story about you as a child because we, all, we do talk about people growing up. <laughs> so you grew up in Santa Barbara, California? Oh, and he says he didn't do research. I do my research. Uh, yes. I was born in California. Okay. Uh, we lived there for like three-ish years. And okay. I have like, I don't know, I have a vague memory of a large playground on a hill and that's kind of it. But, um, yeah, so we moved here to Chicago, uh, and we were in, like, Buffalo Grove, Vernon Hills, oh, northern home. suburbs. That was me, District 103. Ooh! Went to Sprague School, and then Half Day, uh, and then we moved to Texas when oh, wow. I was 10? Yeah, 10. Just because of, like, jobs and all that? Uh, yeah, my dad to... was in banking, and um, he was with PNC when we were up here. And okay. he was just never going to move up in that company because there was all the people ahead of him, and they weren't going to go anywhere. Um, and so he got an opportunity to 
basically jump several rungs on the ladder and like be the head honcho in his area. So we moved to Dallas, Texas. Not even Dallas, Texas. South Lake, Texas, which oh, is specific. Which is just it's something. It's uh, it's very white. It's very privileged. It is very obsessed with uh, football and sports and being a uh, being a young, uh, strong-willed female in the arts. <laughs> was not particularly uh, comfortable. Mm-hmm. So... What made yeah. you want to like get started as an artist? I kind of stumbled into it. Um, right. I started dancing first, actually, because my, uh, my mother... I have two older sisters, uh, and my mother had them in dance classes, and she was just like, well, I'm just going to throw you in there, too, because yeah. they want to do dance, and I'd like to not have children for an hour. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that seems like every parent. Like, uh, you want go go do sports for a couple hours. Yeah. Don't do this. I, Fine. I got a magazine. Or no, a you cannot have what's in mommy's mug. <laughs> um, yeah, this is mommy's special juice. Right. No, that makes it sound like my mother was drinking. Well, she was taking care of us. She was not. That Your is mom me is wonderful. doing a bit. Okay. Uh, Mama Kate <laughs> is a national treasure. Um, anyways. But yeah, so she threw me in there, and this this is pretty much indicative of, like, me as a human is encapsulated in this moment of me in the arts, which is, they put me in there, I was three years old, okay. um, and so they put me in the class with, like, the three to five-year-olds, mm-hmm. and after my first day at class, uh, my, the teacher came out to my mom at the end of it, and she was like, you need to put her in the class with the six and seven-year-olds, and she was really? like, but she's three, and she was like, she's so annoyed. At all the other kids because they won't listen. Do you remember this? I don't remember this. This is my mother telling me this story. Wow. Of like, this is what the teacher said to her. It was like, you need to put her in the next class up. Because the three to five year olds are just la la la. Yeah. Like legs in the air. I'm not right listening. I'm in a tutu. Woohoo. <laughs> um, and I was so frustrated because nobody was like doing the things that we were supposed to be doing. Like right. They're like, you know. Supposed to be playing right now, not rolling around on the floor. What is wrong with you people? So it's the OCD is strong with this one. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she she bumped me up into the next class, and I was much happier, and I I loved dance. And then the place where we took dance when we moved to Chicago, uh, Dance Center North. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, which I remember at one point we had like a a tornado warning while we were in dance class. And we had to, like, go out of the building and, like, into the Starbucks on the corner and, like, down into the basement in the Starbucks because that was the, like, tornado shelter for that building. It was it was super special. But, like, you could see it on the horizon. It was, like, crazy. It was, like, one of those times where it's, like, the sky was super green. Right. And then, like, it was, like, dark, dark clouds. And then you could see this line of, like, clear on the horizon. And then there was just this dark V. Like, it was insane. Amazing. Did you come up with a dance after that? Kind of like the Twister or something? Uh, no. But I did play the Caterpillar in um, Alice in Wonderland, which I think was my first... I think that sounds perfect. My first big role. My mother made... she The roles that we got were entirely based on which costumes were the most difficult to construct. That makes because sense. Because you had to make your own costume oh. for this type of you thing. You couldn't buy them? I, I don't... 
think so. I we were kind of in the time before that because okay. I'm old. Remember? Yeah, I'm I keep old. forgetting. I'm sorry. I'm here with a child. Um. Anyways, but they're yeah, talk, so they're talking I, about the dog. They're talking about the dog. She had to. She made this costume that was all like quilted, and it had these extra arms coming out the side that were all attached to to my arm with uh, fishing lines. So you couldn't see it, so I could move all the arms of the caterpillar. At the yeah. Same time. Uh, and I think I was like, I think it was like five or six or something. And I memorized the whole Jabberwocky cause that's what that part was right. just like getting so dramatic with it. Like we have this on home video and my mom recorded it, but actually she like, she pressed record before she was supposed to, or didn't press it when she was supposed to. So she ended up recording intermission. <laughs> and so we naturally reenacted the entirety of the first act of Alice in Wonderland in our living room That's and perfect. filled it with my father playing the part of the White Rabbit. That's perfect. Was this, I'm reminded, I haven't seen Alice in Wonderland in a long time. Was this the cat player? Was that the one, like, they have a cigar or smoking? Or uh, awesome? ye, in the Disney version. Disney version, So okay. the stage version is much more uh, based on, like, the poem. Okay. The original poem. Uh, so not quite as cutesy and a little bit more, like, Intense and very strange words going on, but there's a there's a line at the end of of the Jabberwocky that goes, "Now hast thou slain the Jabberwock," and I literally did it like that when I was five, and it's my sister's favorite thing. They'll still quote it to this day. Now hast thou slain the Jabberwock, which is so (laughs) dramatic from such a young age. And then from there, like, obviously you went to high school and all that, and then you went to Ithaca. Did you study theater? I there? did. I have okay. my Bachelor in Fine Arts and Musical Theater, folks. Did your parents, when you told your parents, like, this is something I want to do, how did they respond? Were they okay with it? How did they respond? Uh, they were. I was, I was actually looking at schools for musical theater, and I was also looking at schools for um, aeronautical engineering, Because why not? Because why not? I am a, I'm a right brain, left brainer. I, I do them both. And uh, so naturally they were a little disappointed that I chose the far less lucrative and, uh, far you less know. financial. Far less lucrative option. And, uh, but they were, they were supportive. I mean, they, they were great parents. Like, they're just like, you know, we love you. We'll whatever we want to do like okay we'll make this happen my mom made costumes and like you know drove us everywhere and my dad like you know was always the companion at halloween of like my sister was Belle, and he was the beast my sister my other sister was merlin and my dad was king arthur and just very um very involved so I have to ask, sweet. like, which culture is your favorite? Do you like the Chicago arts, New York arts, California arts? Ooh. I'm going to go London. London? You went to London? Now, this I didn't know. Haha. Um, I studied abroad for a semester in college, and I went early and stayed late. Was this, and got uh, a work visa. Was this Rose Buford College, or did you, like, do that? Do you know what that is? No. At Columbia. That sounds like the name of a nice lady. <laughs> She is. No, I don't know her. Uh, at Columbia, for the BFAs, you have to spend. You have to study international performance, and you would spend um, a semester in London at Rose Buford College. Oh, um, no! A lot of the colleges here uh, do programs like that, where it's sort of like a sister college type okay. thing. Ithaca has um, a 
a campus there, if you can call it that. It's a, it's a freehold, which um, doesn't often happen because most of the land in London is owned by, like, families in the aristocracy. Right. Uh, and so people will have, like, they'll sign, like, a hundred-year lease. You know what I mean? So it's like they, they own it, but they don't really own it, and all the land belongs to these, like, lords and ladies and duchesses and things. But Ithaca, for some reason, actually owns a piece of land in London, and they own, like, one, like, townhouse. And so that's where all of the classes are. Um, And so the number of students that get to go depends because they can only fit so many people in the classrooms in in that building. So there's like a cap on the number of people who can go. Uh, But it was super cool. We had this really great um, class that was like three days a week for several hours every day. Mm. But it was part walking tour of London and we had to like take notes and our professor would just talk about the history of London through the eyes of theater. Mm, that's cool. It was really cool. So we'd go and like, we're like, this is, you know, Blackfriars, you know, monastery. And it's been here since like 14 something, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, this part burned down and this is new. And now we're going to the globe and now we're mm. going to the national. And we saw a whole bunch. I think we saw like over 50 shows oh. while I was there because we saw, we saw at least one show a week. Mm. Um, and it was more than that, and then also we went to stuff on our own. Was this in but, the, uh, I, I hate the AU again, was this in the 2000s? Oh, uh, this was in 2010. Okay, so this is... The spring of 2010. Oh, that's cool. We had a, in Columbia, like as I just finished college, there was a... Sorry. <laughs> uh, look, age is better number, and clearly we work well together, so fuck it. Uh... No, I'm just remembering the look on your face when I actually told you my age. Okay, can I... Time out. So, (laughs) someone told me, I forgot who or when and why they told me this, but someone said that you were 23 or in your 20s. And I was like, oh, perfect. And so I was like, oh, that's going to help with the relatability and how we're going to get along. And then we had this meeting and you were like, Matt, do you know I'm 32? Am I allowed to say your age? Sorry. Yes. I was like, wait, what? I, I, lost, <laughs> I lost my marbles, as they say. He really did. It looked like it looked like I just, like, you know, put a filter on the world and the, and the sky was suddenly green. And mm-hmm. he was just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. But it was, was kind of fun. I'm, I, I'm glad you really like to not tease me, like to like blow my mind with stuff. Like you blew my mind today during this conversation about London. Um, oh, and let's not forget the beautiful day. In oh, this shut neighborhood. Up. I'm gonna bring that up. Ugh. <laughs> um, well, never mind my story. No, no, okay, tell the story. So I took this five week seminar class at Columbia called uh, Intro to Theater in Chicago, but I took that. About half, a little over halfway, so my knowledge of Chicago theater was pretty substantial. I knew pretty, a little bit enough. But it was a five-week course for three hours, and like week one, you meet a panel of artists, aka there's just Columbia graduates or people who dropped out and have, doing, have been doing very well for themselves, which, fine. Uh, but then I, we went to, ooh, you know, Greenhouse, which, see what you will, um, about Greenhouse and their problems they're having right now. Back then, I didn't know, and was still, you know, we went to it, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But we also went to Victory Gardens. Again, say what you will about that theater. Now, man, the more I'm saying it out loud, I'm realizing, man, time has not aged very well no. for a lot of these theaters. Um, I mean, Greenhouse is like, I don't know, it's kind of its own thing, because, like, independent companies come in and use the space. Right. 
So it's like, I don't know. It's a little different, but still. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, I learned so much about it. I, we went to theaters, you know, 773 and American Blues and um, Annoyance Theater, and we had to do this whole project. And I did uh, a 20 minute presentation about Steppenwolf Theater. And again, I'm saying about Steppenwolf now, but back then, and still now, it's still a substantial and well known uh, Chicago theater. So yeah, it opened my eyes and that kind of helped me want to do this podcast. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I want to meet all these artists. Um, so I've been trying very hard. Oh, we have time. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm curious, like, what other things you're looking forward to in a podcast? Like, what are the artists that sort of you want to talk to more? I, I mean, it, uh, there's really not a type of artist that I'm not interested in. Is uh, If I had to choose one quality about myself to describe myself, like, it would be curiosity, like, mm -hmm. curiousness. Um, because I'm just hungry to know everything. Right. I want to know everything about everyone in the whole world. And, uh, I know I'm not going to quite get there, but, um, I'll probably get there faster with, with a podcast. I think this is going to help, probably. <laughs> but I like finding out the weird things about people. Like, the things that, like, you, I don't know, you just wouldn't normally think to ask, but you'll randomly stumble on something that is that they're strangely passionate about. You know right. what I mean? That's not necessarily their main passion, but, like, a side passion that's just, like, weird. Because everybody has one. Oh, God, yeah. Everybody has something like that. And I, th those are my favorite things to know about people. I just think it, it makes somebody so much more interesting to see the weird, mm -hmm. to see the uniqueness. And I feel like we're in, a, in an interesting point in history, uh, in terms of that, of people being able to really truly live their authentic lives and right. be their authentic selves. Um, I feel like it's partially a generational thing. We're breaking off a lot of like institutionalized racism and sexism. And it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. It's not particularly comfortable, nope. but it is interesting. And, uh, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take interesting. So I'd rather take interesting than comfortable, I think. I'm, I'm excited to, to get uncomfortable with people. We will try. <laughs> um, as of right now, we have nothing recorded. Um, but we are currently poking people as we speak. So, mm -hmm. whoever we have on, it's going to be exciting and wonderful. And the people who we've talked about, because I'm not going to say who because I don't want to confirm or deny that they're going to be on the show yet. <laughs> um, they sound great. And so be on the lookout. Yeah, some really interesting people, really interesting stories, yes. just all sorts of um, all sorts of backgrounds and interesting ways that people are, are infusing their lives with their art. And right. sort of the crossover of that is very, um, it's very exciting for me. Well, we, have, we do this game that you are aware of because I've done this game with you and we had a New Year's Eve party over Zoom because it's a great Zoom game, fun fact. Uh, it's called Time for Two. And so you, every guest has to do it and since you're the temporary guest and soon to be co-host of the show, it's your turn. It's your time to shine, my friend. <laughs> are you ready to go? Oh, I'm so shiny. Okay, let me, we're going to pause this part here because I have to get the timer going because I'm unprofessional. Okay, you ready? So ready. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. How do you spell theater with an R E or an E R? 
if it is a movie theater with an E-R, if it is a stage theater with an R-E. Very good. Uh, which West Wing character are you? CJ. Typical bedtime. <laughs> 2.30. Nice! Uh, fruits or veggies? Veggies. Uh, what is in your fridge right now? Uh, leftover halal guys. <laughs> Would you rather have unlimited tacos or un unlimited sushi for life? Tacos. Raw fish makes me sick. Oh, good to know. Would it's you... tasty though. I'm really sad I can't eat it. Would you rather live in a roller coaster park or a zoo? Zoo. Mm. What would be the coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse? A chinchilla. Ooh, that's a good one. What Disney film best describes your life? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Again, I asked a hard-hitting question. Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragons. There we go. I'm Rescue is Down Under. Uh, just because. Uh, <laughs> uh, favorite pizza topping? Black olive pepperoni. Is Alex Trebek the greatest game show host of all time? Yes. R.I.P. Alex. Uh, if you could be on any game show, what would it be? American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> Eminem the rapper or Eminem the candy? Yes. Uh, besides all the podcasts you've listed, and besides this podcast, what other podcast do you recommend for a first-time listener? Mob Queens. Mob Queens. There we go. Um, Ted Danson, your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> favorite Kennedy? The Dead Kennedys. There we go. Uh, favorite Which is not a commentary on Dead Kennedys. There's a band. Great. Five seconds. Favorite president? Uh, none. None. Last one. Favorite Beatle? John. He's a one. He's a one namer now. <laughs> it's just one. I mean, there is there another John in the Beatles? I think we all know who I'm. Well, I'm just about. saying. He's Mr. Well... Lennon. Fine. Okay, he's Mr. Now. And that's how we play Diamond Two. <laughs> oh, I love doing this game. Uh, so that that is. LJ, we are excited to have them on. They're going to be a wonderful guest, but of course we have to end every episode with uh, uh, LJ. Are your parents proud of you? Oh, gosh. I hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this was a little special episode we wanted to give out to get everyone excited for the upcoming season, whenever it's going to air. Just, just a little taste. Just a little, just a little just, taste. Just a little taste. We have no idea when this is going to air. Hopefully soon. Uh, we just well, they have no idea when we recorded it, so there. Did we say when we recorded it? I don't know. We have to <laughs> We'll check back in the notes. But uh, we will see you soon. I am Matthew Schufreiter. I am LJ Bowen. And we will see you next time. Bye.